Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Todd Lee. And I am Joey Scott Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, sports fans, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. Like, oh, I don't know, for example, the Bears could be hosting a game at home at the lakefront did i mention they're hosting against the vikings and they're two and a half point un- underdogs what are you gonna do about that bears fans and look from game spreads and totals team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online there's always that online casino as well it never closes so head to betonline.ag today take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag and sign up today bet online your online sportsbook experts cameron we're already at week 10. Can you believe it? It's Bears versus Vikings. Monday night football, the marquee game, the game that everyone's circled on their calendar. They're going to sit down on the couch with their loved ones and they're going to watch Bears versus Vikings. Are you pumped? I am very excited. The people of ESPN are not pumped that they put the Bears on Monday night twice so far. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully this one goes better than last time. Yeah, uh, the dress rehearsal, we'll just call that one for Bears vs. Rams. Didn't go quite according to plan, but we are playing a Vikings team that, look, they're 3-5. and five. They're playing a little bit better. The last couple of games, Dalvin Cook has basically owned not just the fantasy world, but the NFL world in general. Whoever he comes across, he runs through. This is an opponent that is under 500, but like I said in, in the ad read, they are two and a half favorites against a Bears team going in a different direction. It's a north-south situation. Something's got to give. It's going to be an interesting NFC North rival game. Absolutely. Will, you've got one team trending upward, one team definitely trending maybe a little downward. We've got a, a stellar and a stout defense on one side and a, an awesome rushing attack on the other side. We've got one offense that's trying to participate and the uh, first a defense that is kind of in the same, same position. Who knows what we're going to get here? This is going to be a real doozy, and I'm excited about it. Well, the Bears are five and four. They head into a bye week and then they play Green Bay. So I'm going to say that this game is probably pretty pivotal in terms of our chances of either going to the playoffs or whether we're going to have a different general manager and head coach by the end of the season, let alone quarterback and offensive line and other personnel. This just seems like that moment where it's not a turning point where if the Bears win this game, their season completely changes and they go off and they rip off a ton of victories. But this could also be a bit of a season saver where if they don't win this game, they go to five and five, they play Green Bay in two weeks, they could be looking at under 500 outside of the playoff picture, tons of questions and pressure mounting about, you know, who's going to get fired, who's going to stay, who's going to stick around. The Bears, they kind of need this one. Is this must-win territory, Cameron? It feels a little bit like must-win territory. You made a good point when you say, like, I don't know that there's much to be gained from winning this game other than being pumped to be back on the right track. But losing this game is a killer. You lose four in a row. You fall to 500. You know, you've lost to a team that through, through most of the beginning of parts of the season looked to be a, you know, a bottom-tier team in the league. It, w- it would be absolutely crushing for the Bears to have lose four straight games, in the, let alone a loss to a divisional opponent. So, yeah, I, I don't know that there's much to be gained other than getting back on track. But losing this thing, man, that would be an absolute nightmare. And we're going to learn a lot about the fortitude of the guys in that locker room, I feel like. I don't think we're worried about the defense on this one. We're looking at all offense in this game. And this is just the moment where it's put up or shut up time. They haven't won a football game in a month. We haven't had a victory pod, Cameron. 
in about a month by the time they take the field on Monday Night Football. They play the Vikings this week, and honestly, as we were talking about in the pre-pod, I'm jacked for this game. I have to be honest with you. I'm sick and I'm tired of, pardon my French, all the Bears fans' bullshit. And it's rightfully earned. It really is. But this whole thing of our quarterback sucks, our coach sucks, our general manager sucks, our owner sucks, we can't have anything nice, we're a terrible football team, it's over. I'm done with the doom scrolling, and it's time to figure out how to win a football game in Week 10 against the Minnesota Vikings and a Kirk Cousins team by the way, a guy that who we've played really well against in the past, a guy that I don't think he's that much of a better quarterback than Nick Foles, no matter how poorly he's playing right now. I think this game can be had right now if they do a couple of things, maybe a couple minor improvements, dare I say, less penalties. We're the most penalized team in the NFL right now. Maybe we can clean that up. Maybe we'll have a shot on the lakefront Monday night. I love your passion. I love how fired up you are. Do you not share my enthusiasm? I no, I love it. I absolutely love that you've got that fire and that juice. Only problem is it's really not about us, Joey. It's not about me and you being fired up for this game. It's about this team being fired up and going out and executing. You know, we talk about this each and every week about how the same thing's got to get corrected and fixed for this team to, to have a chance to win. And yes, we know we have a chance to beat the Vikings. This team can compete against anybody. They can hang in there and hang tough with any with any team. We've seen that throughout the majority of the season. It's just a matter of getting over the hump, putting things together. And beating these uh, teams in these winnable games, the Vikings is definitely uh, this Vikings game is definitely a winnable game. So let's just go out there and see it. You know, you and I can sit here and be we can play Monday morning quarterback or Sunday night quarterback, I guess in our case, and you know talk about it again and again in the game. But it's like, dude, you're right. Put up or shut up. Win this one. We need to win this one. Yeah, and I'm jacked for it. I think it's time to just put away all the excuses and come out and try and see if we can get a Bears victory. Well, while, while we are sitting here, Cameron, let's just dive right in. Let's get into Cam's keys. The keys to success for a Bears victory in week 10. We've been hitting these now for the last uh, three and a half weeks. Our keys have not been uh, they have not been applied into actual in-game play here, but we're going to still try to figure out ways that the Bears are going to need to do these certain things to win the game in week 10 against the Vikings. Cameron, so what's your first key? What's it going to take for the Bears to win this week? Let me ask you first. Do you think that they're not being applied because they're not listening? Do you think? Well, I knew that they were listening. I felt like they were listening early on in the season. Specifically, Nagy seemed to kind of like pick up on a couple of different things that we were dropping as we moved along. But, you know, it seems like after Tree Cone got hurt, we tried to get him another running back. We tried to make some trades. We tried to bring in Quentin Spain. You know, they kind of just sort of tuned us out here. And I, I feel like that we're, we're two people alone on an island shouting into an ocean of offensive ineptitude. <laughs> it does feel that way sometimes. It definitely does feel that way. First one would be, I don't know if you've heard of Dalvin Cook. He's pretty good. He's broke off some incredible numbers. Let's just go ahead and check those out. In the last, what is it, five games, I believe, totals of 180, 130, uh, 165, uh, 65, not 165, 65, and then 163 and 206 yards. The man is on a terror. He's running through every team that he's playing. He's got touchdowns all over the place. We need to uh, be able to contain this man, if it's, if it's possible. Uh, try and keep him under 160, 170 yards and keep him out of the end zone. He is the biggest part of this offense. He makes them go. You know, we, the Bears do have a stout defense. Rush, uh, stopping their running game has not necessarily been um, – the best part of their game, but you know, they had a good outing against Derrick Henry and hopefully they can carry that over a little bit. And I think if they're able to contain, not stop all out, but if they're able to contain Dalvin Cook, 
keep him at, uh, you know, fair numbers, the Bears will give themselves an opportunity this week. Cameron, it's my first key as well, and we're going to share it because it is so damn important. You just mentioned those rushing totals. You want to hear a fun stat that's going to make you upset. In that five-game yes. stretch, Dalvin Cook has 745 rushing yards during that span, nine rushing touchdowns, 10 total touchdowns. Guess how many the Bears, how much the Bears team this entire season, how many rushing yards do they have as a team this year? How many rushing yards do the Bears have as a season on the season as a team? They're averaging 82.9 a game right now, if, if you want to have some fun with that. So we'll do our 83 times nine. nine. So we're sitting, where does that put us at? Oh, man. Dude, That's not good. Dalvin Cook in the last game has That's 745 rushing yards. The Bears all season, as a team, collectively, have 741 team rushing yards. Two now rushing I'm touchdowns. Sad, Joey. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it to you. But the dude, Dalvin Cook isn't just the best player on the Vikings offense. He is the Vikings offense. And the reason why they've been winning games the last couple weeks is because they've literally just put it in his hands, and Kirk Cousins just hands it off to him, puts, gets the binoculars out, and just watches him run down the field as fast, as fast as he possibly can. And it's the entire key to the game. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Kirk Cousins as we, as we move along here deeper into this pod. But, I mean, this guy, another fun stat about Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. How many Monday Night Football games has he won in his career? Zero. He's 0-9. He's never won on Monday Night Football. In five career games against the Bears, he's got only our five touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been sacked 15 times in those five games, averaging only 239 passing yards. So already we know Kirk Cousins versus Khalil Mack in this Bears defense, it's a bad matchup. And you know what? The Vikings know it too as well. So it's going to have to go all through Dalvin Cook in this game. I'm completely with you. I'm not saying that we need to you know, shut this dude down. But, I mean, yeah, we can't have him pop off what he had, 228 all-purpose yards last week. We can't have him running the ball for 175 rushing yards in this game. I mean, he's but unbelievable. Like, he's averaging 7.2 yards a carry on first down. That is just unbelievable. You hear that as a Bears fan thinking about our offense, and you just absolutely just shrink when you think about that. And that is going to be a big key. I mean, stopping Dalvin Cook, I think we're both on in that first key game first key of the game I mean it's really the only thing that the Bears need to do to give themselves a shot because if not you know we're going to be dealing with our offense and whether we can stay on the field whether we can score points it really starts to stop in Dalvin Cook it's really sad when you say deal with our offense <laughs> normally you're dealing with your opponents but you're saying we have to deal put yeah, up I, with our offense. I, I, I'm like, I say it like a dealing with like a politically incorrect uncle on Thanksgiving uh, which we're all you know what I mean our aunt or uncle or family member you know what I mean? so we just have to they're in the room we have to just deal with them Cameron let's just dive right into it what's your second key to a Bears victory in week 10 while we're talking about that politically incorrect offense of ours let's let's just go ahead and put our my second key out there the bears have to score on uh -huh, offense uh-huh uh-huh keep going i feel like i feel like this uh i've tried to like dial back the complexity of my of my offensive keys each and every week and uh, now it is it has become as plain as that the bears need to score some points on offense i'm not even going to put a number on it they just have to come out and like find ways to do it now this is not a great um, Vikings defense it's not a great secondary there will be opportunities to throw the ball downfield and I think that the Bears can do that so I want to see this team come out and play competent football you know we've we've talked about it a little bit in the past uh, how 
you know, we, we may have set some some goals early on and had some thoughts about what this team is capable of. I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to be too complex. I'm not going to be elaborate about it. Uh, just the Bears need to come out and they need to put competent offense. They need to score a couple touchdowns. I'm going to say they, they have to get score at least three touchdowns. Find a way to score three touchdowns. Yeah, and we've talked all we, all we can about the play calling and what these guys with these skill players need to do and this and that or whatever. I'm just literally looking at the matchup, and I see a little bit of an opportunity that you're seeing in their secondary. You know, the Vikings this season, they've allowed 11 different wide receivers to post at least 60 receiving yards against them. They've given up 16 touchdowns to the wide receiving position this year. And you're just looking at the numbers game by game. The guys that burn them on this team, and honestly, I think this is an Allen Robinson game. Every single time we're like, Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham, Darnell Mooney, I think this is the time when your stud receiver, who's had a great season, 57 receptions, like over 700 yards, I think it's the week that he needs to find the end zone. You look against the Vikings in the past, you know, guys like Devontae Adams have burned them. Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, these are all number ones in opposing offenses that the Vikings defense can't stop. And I'm looking at Allen Robinson being like, this is a guy, it's time for him to have a big game. I mean, he's been playing great this season, but I think we really need him. Just the same way the Vikings need Dalvin Cook, I think we need Allen Robinson in this game to show up big time. Definitely. And there's and their opportunities are there. They're going to present themselves. Let's see those guys uh, get out there and take advantage of, um, of a vulnerable defense. You know, Nick Foles, even last week, just when he wasn't getting destroyed or chased around the pocket or – you know, kind of running backwards for his life. They completed some long passes and, and threw the ball downfield, and I want to see them be able to to add to that a little bit, take advantage of that stuff, and uh, get that confidence going. And I'd love to see more Allen Robinson and maybe some Darnell Mooney and, you know, Anthony Miller for, for, you know, good measure, and maybe even Riley Ridley. Yeah, who knows? I mean, Anthony Miller's had two really good games in a row, and I think what you're also saying too as well is after you get that confidence and maybe if you hit that big play – Hey, I don't know. Let's get the next play in on time and let's uh, let's run it without a delay of game or having to call a timeout or, hey, God forbid, how do we not get a false start, you know, right uh, pre-snap before we can, you know, get things a little bit rolling. What do you think about that, Cameron? Well, speaking of that, uh, I wanted to add a little bit to that. Um, anything that this team can do to kind of sway some advantage in their favor or sway, you know, anything uh, on the offensive side. If so if that's playing with a little bit of tempo, with a little sense of urgency, Stuff like that, I mean, just mixing it up or, or just coming in and playing with a, a little bit faster pace and a bit more aggressive, uh, it might put a defense on their heels. It might give them this uh, newfound advantage. But I would like to see the Bears do something a little bit differently. It doesn't necessarily have to be super creative. It doesn't mean you have to go to the whiteboard and get, you know, super complex or elaborate. Just if it's just playing with a little bit of tempo or more sense of urgency and trying to cut back on penalties or maybe if it's just running more plays and giving her this really – ineffective offense, more opportunities to score, whatever it may be. I think uh, that there's some merit to trying new things and seeing a thing get the ball rolling, however it may be. That's such a great call because of all the things we're having such a hard time pinpointing, you know, the, the positives from this Bears offense, especially over the last month and, you know, this entire season. But I think we both can agree that when they have gotten into up-tempo, they've actually been able to have a bit of an efficiency that – I don't think we've been able to see for long spurts because they've gotten out of it a little bit, but I do think that they've had a little bit of some success. And let me ask you a question from a play calling standpoint. And this is just, you know, maybe just what your thoughts are, but I also feel like at times when you get into that up tempo, I feel like some of our play calls at times where we'll have a play 
that's like, we'll have a set of plays that's trying to set up something really big. And I'm starting to feel like that at times this year that we've had all these setup plays that haven't been super efficient, but they have actually brought up looks where, you know, go back, you know, a Darnell Mooney double, double move wide open down the field, Nick Foles overthrow him. We've just, we've missed on those big hits. I think when you get into that up-tempo, I think you're focusing more on efficiency on every single play. You're not so worried about, I want to do this little cutie thing here so I can set up the big thing over here. You're just trying to think every single play, make it the best that you can, get positive yards, keep the ball moving down the field. I know this sounds simple, but do you ever see that in the play calling where, you know, that second, that second and nine run play trying to set up a, a play action or something where it's a play that's a negative play that that sets up something else, and then we're just not hitting those big moments either. So I, I think the up-tempo can maybe get us more efficient. Sometimes coaches and, and offensive play callers, they do this thing where they, like, overcomplicate everything, and they try to always hit the most efficient thing. You know, they try to set it up so that they're hitting on the – the 20, 30, 40 yard play, and they're missing out on the first serves and the given four, five, and six yard plays. And I think that's a little bit to what you're you're talking about. The Bears spent a lot of time kind of like gaining zero or losing one or two yards in hopes of getting that opportunity for that big shot, which obviously you want to take those big shots every now and then. But I think the Bears need to do a greater uh, uh, job of focusing and putting emphasis on those uh, those smaller chunk plays that you know give them more opportunities at first downs and you know shortening up and giving you a, a manageable third down I don't think they do a great job of that and I don't know if that is all because the focus is on on hitting some of these chunk plays but giving themselves those easier opportunities earlier on I think goes a long way towards confidence and uh, and getting the getting the, the team on the right track offensively and it just seems like we're trying to just flash these looks to set something else up later in the game where we're baiting an opposition where, you know what, just forget it already. Like it almost feels like the, the friend that's trying to ask the girl out and he keeps just being like, well, what are you doing this weekend? Or, you know, just ask her out already. Just get to the play and just do it. Like, Oh, that's funny. Well, it might be in the same, you know, end around fake end around to Anthony Miller, Miller in motion here, just kind of setting them up, setting the stage for it. It's just like, you know what, at this point, just run the best play that you can per the situation. Always just feel like, you know, I do feel like the, the one play the last couple of weeks that we've seen is that quick little rollout from Nick Foles and that really short, that like two or three step out to Allen Robinson. They ran it on a fourth and two. They ran it a couple times last week. Dare I say that's one of the first times I'm, I'm starting to see a bread and butter play. And it just seems like a really easy move. And I just think we need to start locking into that stuff a little bit more. Definitely. That's, and that's a good notice. Good of you to notice that that's become almost a form of the, the inside zone run that, you know, hey, we can count on that for two or three yards. It's an, inconvention or an unconventional way of getting there, but if it works, it works. And so, yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of that stuff rather than all the, the trickery and the setups and the, and the bait and switch or whatever. Just you know, do what works and get those yards and give us an opportunity on third down and try and get more first downs because the Bears are awful in those situations. Well, and we've seen them struggle and try and get more creative and like really work against it. And it seems to be continuously something that isn't working out in their favor. So why don't you just go back and just keep it simple, stupid, and just run it over and over again. Cameron, I'm going to get to my second key of the game. My second key of the game, I'm just going to call it the first quarter. 
just diving to a lot of numbers, I think that the first quarter is going to be a really big indicator about whether we're going to have a shot in this game or not. We've talked about the third quarter a lot, Cameron. We're averaging 0.8 points in the third quarter. But there's a couple things going on, and there's some things going on on the Vikings side too as well that gives us an opportunity. So I'm just going to throw some numbers at you real quick. Nick Foles in the first quarter is averaging 46.8 passing yards in the first quarter. If you guys are wondering, that is not very good. Conversely, Kirk Cousins is averaging 46 passing yards per game in the first quarter, too, as well. You know, we've got a situation where Dalvin Cook has six first quarter touchdowns. They're averaging 6.4 points in the first quarter, the Vikings are this year. We're only averaging 2.9. And I'm just kind of looking at this right now, and you're saying Kirk Cousins, you know, 0-9 on Monday Night Football, 19-29 career on the road. In the first half of games this year, he's only thrown three touchdowns and six interceptions. You know, this is a moment right now where the Bears can actually get out to a lead and do what we've been talking about all season long, where this Bears defense plays a lot better when the Bears have a lead. Nick Foles, since he's become the quarterback, has not thrown one touchdown with the Bears leading in a game yet. (laughs) He's been in there for six weeks. That's got to end right now. I think we need to start out. I'm not saying start out fast. But I'm saying you got to win that first quarter. We got to walk out of that first quarter. I don't care if it's six to three. I don't care if it's three to nothing. I just feel like we got to walk out of that quarter with the lead and play that mentality of football, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but let that defense, you know, I don't know, get the wind behind their sails a little bit. Get after that Kirk Cousins. You know, get, you know, it's going to be a little cold there on Monday night. You know, maybe knock Delvin Cook in the backfield. Get up and scream. See that breath coming out of your air. Uh, out of their mouths, you know, I just, I think the first quarter is going to be a huge key of whether the Bears are going to be able to pull this off or not. The Bears' ability to play with the lead, or I guess their lack of having played with the lead this year, is a huge indication of uh, of this team and sort of their overall performance. And when they are able to play with that lead, it just changes the way that the team approaches the game. Obviously, you can be more aggressive offensively and defensively when you put yourselves in those positions. It improves the defense. It opens up the playbook offensively, and it gives everyone just more confidence and rhythm, and you just kind of feel let loose and cut loose. And I don't think we've seen that from the Bears in a really long time. It's been at least a month since we've seen the Bears come out and be able to play that way. So I I think you're right. If they can come out and win those early quarters, and when we get to the fourth quarter, it's not this whole pressing thing where you're just – hoping that you're able to make the big play on defense and on offense. You're really just trying to make everything perfect because you have to because you're down uh, in these tough situations. I love that goal of, of coming out and winning the first quarter and setting a tone and setting a precedent. And I think that will go a long way in this one. And so I'm going to go ahead into my third key. And I, I, uh, this is kind of playing off of winning that, winning that uh, first quarter. But, I mean, just in general – we continue to say it again and again, this defense has to come out. Our defense has to dominate. Our defense has to, you know, create turnovers. And preferably, I think the defense needs to come out and score points. I gave the the Bears a, an offensive goal of scoring three touchdowns. We both know that that might be asking a lot. <laughs> so uh, every single um, point or opportunity that the defense is able to create for the offense this week is absolutely huge. Kirk Cousins is someone that, we can create turnovers on someone that is vulnerable that the bears have had success against that doesn't shine the brightest on Monday night. This is the perfect opportunity for these guys to go out there and force those turnovers to get in the end zone and to take some of the pressure off of, you know, Nick Foles in the offense when they come out there and they score points, then the offense, you know, may, may have the lead, may have more opportunities and may free up some of that play calling. So I think that their ability to, to do that, to score points and to make a, a big, 
dent, uh, if you will, in this game is going to do wonders for the uh, for the Bears' offense. It's funny because I've never been around a team where I just think so much about what the defense can do for the offense. But this team, it, you know, like they're they're really they're they're tied together so much. I mean, obviously all teams are tied together, but man, it's it's like you've got this great defense, you've got this lackluster offense, and which side is going to win? You know, like how can they? What's it going to take to 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 pull one out? So. Anyway, defense plays great. Defense scores points. Defense takes the ball away. Offense will uh, benefit and hopefully be able to pull this one out on Monday. Yeah, in the offseason, we could have signed Emmanuel Sanders. We could have drafted Chase Claypool. Midseason, we could have brought in Le'Veon Bell. We don't need any of them. We got the Bears defense on our offense. Just to follow this up, because I don't want to be remiss and, and, and not talk about Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's been a solid pro for many years. He's got seven touchdowns on the, on the season, but his numbers are kind of down as composed to other seasons. Justin Jefferson, he's had some huge games. He's had some quiet games, still a rookie. So we've been talking about Kirk Cousins, and we're talking about uh, bringing up these receivers. Now, for you personally, when you're talking about the scoring defense, are you looking more at this pass rush, getting at Kirk Cousins, knocking the ball loose in the backfield, or are you looking at maybe that pressure leading into, you know, secondary tip balls, interceptions? You know, how are you thinking it's going to be the best way to fluster this Vikings deep offense? The best way to do it is always to create pressure. When you put pressure on the guy who has the ball, who has to make decisions, it's likely that he makes worse decisions or he's unable to throw the ball perfectly and it gets tipped and it gets, you know, so all of that is tied to one another. But the ability to put pressure – on opposing quarterbacks, which is what the Bears do absolutely best, is what is going to give those guys in the secondary the opportunity to make those big plays. That's not to take anything away from Kyle Fuller or Eddie Jackson or Jalen Johnson. Those guys go out, they earn that money, they make great plays. But it all starts with them up front, and we all know that Khalil Mack, Hakeem Hicks, and Robert Quinn, what they can do. So if they continue to get out the quarterbacks, get up in Kirk Cousins' face, give those guys opportunities to pick the ball off and make big plays. I mean, I think that that's going to happen. I would be surprised if this team doesn't come away with a couple turnovers and it all starts up front for me. You were playing Kirk Cousins. I mean, honestly, I think we're going to get at least, you know, a pick or two, some sort of fumble. I think hopefully we can win the turnover battle because we do have a problem turning the ball over the last couple of weeks on offense, which comes to my third key, Cameron. I'm just calling this. This is it, Nick. This is it, buddy. Mr. Nick Foles, the Huey Lewis song. If this is it, please let me know. Because honestly, I'm at probably, I've had it up to here, Bears fans, and you can't see, but my hand's right above my eyebrow. This is the last game for him, I think, to really prove whether he's going to be around for the rest of this, uh, this season or not, or whether we're going to be talking about moving on back to Mitch Trubisky, whether we're going to be talking about how we're going to get out of his $8 million that we owe him next year. And oh, by the way, we owe him a million the year after too, as well in 2022, but Mr. Nick Foles, you have a Super Bowl. Philadelphia loves you. Congratulations. They also love, you know, the Libertyville Philly cheesesteaks and the movie Rocky. So you're in excellent company, but outside of Philadelphia, you are seven and 15 career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. When you're not in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform, you're two and four right now as a Chicago bear. And I'm just looking at these numbers right now. And I'm just wondering if we got sold, a bill of goods that wasn't exactly represented correctly because I'm just going to throw some stuff at you. We were told that the veteran quarterback was accurate and then he can hit the ball. He can hit passes downfield. And I'm looking at this right now on third down. He's completing 53% of his passes 
on down and distance of three yards or less. Doesn't matter, first, second, third down, but three yards or less, he's completing 52% of his passes. On third down in the four and six area, which veteran quarterback, that is your meal ticket. That's where you separate yourself from younger quarterbacks because you can convert those third and shorts. 50% completion on his passes. Completing 56% in the red zone. Like I said, mentioned, mentioned before, he's not thrown a touchdown yet while leading in a game. He's thrown four interceptions in, in six third quarters that he's already played. We already mentioned he's scoring, you know, scoring 0.8 points a game in the third quarter. 58% completion percentage when passing under center. We've talked about that a lot. He prefers to be under shotgun. Can't really do it from under center. When he has more than two and a half seconds to throw, this one's a little bit more misleading because the offensive line and different issues with the offense going on and play calling, only 53% completion percentage when he has more than two and a half seconds to throw in a pocket. And I'm looking at these numbers right now, and this does not look like a veteran quarterback to me. He's got seven interceptions. We talked all last week about the hollow yards. This is the week where the dude needs to play veteran, competent football. Can't make mistakes. He needs to put the ball in the end zone against a Vikings team that's averaging 297 passing yards a game. And I'm telling you something right now. If we see a little bit, if we see more of what we've gotten from him the last month, cross your fingers, Bears fans, and hope Mitch Trubisky's arm is, his shoulder is healthy because that's who you're going to see week 12 against Green Bay. And that's the dude that you need to see at this point because at that point, you got to save your season. You'll be 5-5. Five and five. You're going in the wrong direction. I mean, you got to figure it out. I'm just saying, Nick Foles, this is it, buddy. This is your last game. You're either in it. You're either in it to win it for the long haul, or you're going to be back on the bench pretty soon. I have not been pumped about this performance. Uh, it has not been fun. I don't think that he's been everything that we've been, you know, touted at least heading into this whole thing, and it's really disappointing. And, and real quick, if I can just follow up, what would you say, in your opinion, what is the most disappointing thing, honestly, from what we knew about Nick Foles coming into the season compared to what you've seen on the field from him these last six games? What is, like, the one area of his game that's disappointed you the most? He doesn't seem confident. He doesn't really seem to be, like, this galvanizing leader that you kind of expect from – you know, what is he, a 10-year um, vet or an almost almost in his 10th season? You just kind of expect that guy to come in and be able to to rally the troops and put things together and make it make sense out there and, you know, make the make a, a bad situation better. I don't, you know, maybe that's just on the, on the offense in its entirety, so maybe we shouldn't blame him for that, but I don't feel like he's been able to make the situation any better. And that, to me, is a little, is what's concerning. I guess maybe that is a disappointing aspect too as well because you would hope a veteran would be able to just kind of raise the level of play on just a couple areas of the game to sort of help you get through it. Now, we can talk all we want about how poorly the offensive line is played, but I don't know, man. Let's be real. This happens in the NFL a lot where you're not, you're not going to get through a whole season with your offensive line intact, let alone you know a group that was maybe mediocre at best would somehow you know just magically get better. I mean, this is sort of – it is what it is situation, I think, for a lot of NFL teams out there. And they figure out a way to, you know, band together, figure it out. And as a former offensive lineman, you know that sometimes it just doesn't – we talk a lot about talent, but sometimes it comes down to technique and effort and will and coachability and execution and a lot of different areas that I think can just go beyond, you know, what your talent level is, you know, that you put up at the combine. There's just so many factors that go into this whole thing, and you can't just – harp on one thing week after week after week and just say, Hey man, that's, that's the reason that nothing went right. You know, after so long, you either figure it out or you don't. And, 
there are plenty of teams that have bad offensive lines. There are plenty of teams that, you know, get banged up and deal with injury. But the good teams and the teams with, you know, especially preferred quarterbacks find a way to get through it and, and get better as seasons go on. Um, you know, this is not the ideal circumstance, but a good quarterback is going to lead a team through this and find a way to, to get better week by week. And I feel like the, for whatever reason, the Bears offense gets worse and worse every single week. And that's probably what Matt Nagy was thinking when he made the switch was we're not exactly getting what we need from Mitch Trubisky. I've seen enough. Obviously we know Nagy doesn't have confidence in him, but he, I think he thought that Nick Foles as a veteran would be able to take some of these areas of concern and raise the level of play a little bit, create some stability, create some consistency and create some accuracy. Unfortunately, none of those things have happened. And let's be clear, Bears fans, I want Nick Foles to do well. He's our starting quarterback. I want us to go to the playoffs. I want us to win a playoff game. I want us to go deep into the playoffs. Am I saying we're winning the Super Bowl this year? No, but I want us to do well. I want us to have a feel-good a feel good season on the field for 2020. But I will tell you this, and Cameron, this might be tough for you because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had jobs. You've had odd jobs besides just playing in the NFL, and you've got a job right now. And I'm trying to liken this to – as for me working in the entertainment industry, I've worked in the restaurant industry for a lot of years. And Nick Foles is starting to remind me a lot of, you've got your job and then Nick Foles gets hired and he shows up on day one and he knows the menu and he knows the protocol and he's already read the employee handbook front to back and he knows all the stuff. And you go, wow, that's impressive. This is a professional this is a professional guy right up, right up there. But when he gets out there on the floor, I'm saying it in a restaurant, he's kind of in your business. He's sort of like letting you know that like, you know, you need to like, if it's more than two glasses, it needs to be on a tray. He's kind of giving you a hard time nitpicking or whatever. And then you look over and you're realizing that like, oh yeah, wait a second. This dude isn't really that great at his job either. He's not really making better tips than me just because he knows the playbook or maybe he knows the recipes that goes into the ancho chili powder that goes on top of the grilled chicken it doesn't make him better at his job great he knows a bunch of stuff but once he goes out there onto the field he actually has to prove it and I'm sort of getting that vibe a little bit about like okay man great like all right you know the offense super great just you stay over there just do your job man I'll do my job and let's see if we can get through this together and that's sort of what I'm seeing with Nick Foles and that's why I'm putting it on him this week where if we don't walk out with a win and he doesn't play well uh, we, we got to start talking about making a change have you ever worked with someone who got hired maybe in a similar position as you or maybe your boss based off of a really good resume? Yes. And then you, you found out that, like, this guy is, like, yes. probably not as good as you or maybe not even close? Yes. That's exactly this what it This is what's like. happening right now. And, and I can't say that Mitch Trubisky's feeling like this exactly because I'm not saying that he's necessarily a better quarterback on the field. But it is like, yeah, he's got this shiny resume. You look at it, and you go, wow, Super Bowl ring. Very interesting. Philadelphia Eagle. oh, wow, an $80 million contract. Very promising. And then when you actually get in there, you begin to realize that this dude's no better than anybody else just because he knows, like, a little bit more here and there. It's like, uh, it's like in, in the real-world situation, they're like, oh, this guy's got a master's degree. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, and then he shows up, and he's, like, just a – just a joke of, a, of an employee. Yeah, it doesn't mean that he can do the job any better than anyone else once you actually get out there get, and the clock gets turned on. This guy's getting paid more than me? Oh, okay. 
Yeah, here That's we go. No, here we go. And I'm I'm just starting to catch that vibe just a little bit. And I think now it's time, week 10, that I think he's due for a good one, Cameron, dare I say. Eventually, you got to run into a fastball every once in a while. I think it's time for Nick Foles to run into a fastball and maybe hit a ball over the yard. We'll see if it can happen here in week 10. Cameron, we're going to go to our weekly, uh, our weekly picks here in just a second. But something that we started doing a couple weeks ago, and I want to ask you a question. This is not meant to be sarcastic. But what would you say, you know, we talked a lot about, like, what would be happening in the offensive line room right now with, you know, a unit that's banged up, a unit that's down to its, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh string guys, undrafted dudes trying to make a name for themselves in the NFL. Didn't have a great week last week. Now this week, you know, they're going to try and rebound. You know, what is going on verbally? What's the communication going on in that room right now? You know, what would you be saying to your teammates and what do you think they'd be saying to you to try and have a good effort in week 10? The communication right now is definitely going to be that of trying to encourage and bring guys along. Uh, Offensive linemen don't typically, they're not typically the guys that are beating each other up and and pointing fingers because that's not how it works. It it won't work that way. Um, It just, functionally speaking, if if an offensive line is, is pointing blame on, on each other, then, uh, you know, the whole thing is just a, is a wreck. So that's not the case. I think that the group's just, you know, going to try and continue to bring along these young guys, give them the confidence that they need, and say, you know what, hey, we were out there, and once again, we had another opportunity against a very good team. We didn't play great, um, but there's only only room for growth, and, you know, got to find a way to make it work. It's kind of in those moments of, um, I guess, those moments of adversity where uh, the group kind of binds together and, and bands together and, and becomes their greatest, and that's not to say that that's what's going to happen this week, but when you recognize that you have an opportunity to go out there and beat a game or beat a team and get this thing back on track, I think they're going to see that as a as an opportunity to really uh, thrive and come out and have like a you know sort of your arrival, if you will. So that's the way I would view this situation as an opportunity to to kind of put yourselves back on on the on the on the block and have a coming out party and say, hey, like we're here and we can do this and we can beat teams. It's just going to take a little bit of jelly. Yeah, turn off the noise and, you know, don't listen to the Bears fans and say that, you know, you're not talented enough, you're not good Bears enough. Bears fans are, are crazy. They are, and it's, it's, They're it's, nuts. It's as crazy as it's ever been, which has got, got me so jacked up for this week about, I mean, no offense, you guys, but you guys can be some of the most negative bunch, and you really enjoy being right when your team sucks, and I don't understand that for the life of me. I would prefer to say my team sucks and be dead wrong you know what I mean? That Bears fans would love to just be like, Mitch sucks, Nagy sucks, McCaskey sucks, Pace sucks. They would prefer they would be right than actually see a product in the field that's actually working out for them. And it just drives me nuts right now. And in this offensive line, these dudes are competitive athletes, man. They can execute. They can do some stuff. They can co- go out there and compete. They might not be the best. It might be a little ugly and dirty. But, man, go out there and chip somebody. Work together. I don't know. Make it happen, man. They'll find a way. I think they're going to find a way. I think this will be a great this this game on Monday night is going to be a great opportunity for them to come out and get this thing back on track. I think that that they'll do just fine this week. And real quick, in terms of these Bears fans, if we win this week, it's not gonna it's not gonna quell any of these Bears fans' fears or disappointments or anger. You don't think, do you? No, like I said, there's nothing to be gained from winning. It just gets you literally. It takes you and puts you right back on the track. Losing will will crush the spirits and uh, maybe burn down the city. So it's a uh, it's a little to be gained and a, a ton to be lost. 
you either get the heart rate back to base level or, you know, the city's on fire. One of the two. Anyways, Cameron, we're moving on over to uh, our two favorite segments of the week. Our first one is uh, just give us your Nick Foles stat line for week 10, passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions. Nick Foles has been throwing a lot of uh, his passing yards have been up. And that's because they're throwing a lot of passes. And I think that will probably continue to be the case. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to adjust with uh, that inflation that we've seen. I'm going to say Nick Foles is going to go for 285 yards. I think that he's going to manufacture two touchdown passes and he will throw a pick in the third quarter. Number five, number five in the season in the third quarter for Nick Foles. Uh, as my third key mentioned, I gave uh, Nick Foles a pretty hard line because I think we're at that point now where it's going to be cut or, cut or bail and sink or swim, if you will. I'm going with 311 yards for one of my favorite bands. Watched a live stream of a 311 concert last night. Fantastic. 311 yards. I'm going three touchdowns, no interceptions, Cameron. I'm going to say he's going to have his best game of the season against the Minnesota Vikings team. But let's be honest, it's still three and five. Their defense isn't really that great. Their quarterback on their team is going to turn the ball over. And I think we might be in a situation where I think for now we get the heart rate back to base level, a little bit to stasis and something that goes, okay, that's a little bit better. We're not quite there. Let's take these two weeks and let's see if we can really make some incremental progress in that time. I'm going big game for Foles. Okay, well, you you got uh, you got him having a good game. So how does that play out? How does that play out in your prediction for this weekend or for Monday? I guess um, I'm going I'm going Bears twenty seven, Vikings twenty three. I actually think it's going to be I think it's going to be a little bit more of a a bigger uh, victory on the Bears side of the football. You always got to remember Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter. He's going to throw that garbage time touchdown. It's just going to happen. You'll go prevent on him. He will tear through the, you know, tear through the field, get that last touchdown, and all of a sudden he'll have 260 yards and two touchdowns. And you're like, oh, not so bad, Kirk Cousins. But actually, he, you know, he plays like dog crap. Uh, I'm going Bears win, 27-23, and I think for right now, I think we actually get some points on the board. I like those three touchdowns and those two field goals. I think on my season, I'm six and three on my picks. Are you seven and two? Or are you six and three as well? You're seven and two, correct? Yep, I'm seven and two. All right, seven going, and two, Cameron. So what are you going with? The Bears gonna win. Uh Bears gonna beat the Vikings in week ten. I'm gonna price is right you on this one. I'm gonna go just below you, uh 27, 21 Bears. There you go. I thought you were gonna say a dollar. Or like <laughs> they're gonna win by it's gonna be one to nothing. They're going to win. I don't know how it's gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. Um, that's good to hear. I mean, this is a game that they should win. You can't lose them all. You can't win them all. We've been losing them all recently. It's time to pick up a win. And am I saying that they're going to come out after this win, take a bye week, and come out and rip through the Packers? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that for right now we get a little bit of some medicine. And just I don't think it's going to be an offense that where has this been all along? But I do think that we can play a bit of a cleaner game, execute. I'm way with you on hopefully we get a short field. Or it sounds like for you, we're going to get a defensive touchdown with those 27 points. Am I correct in that assumption? You don't think that the Bears can score 27 on the offensive side all alone? No, there's definitely going to have to be some defensive points. For <laughs> definitely, yeah. Mingo bingo, another fake punt. You know what? You do it once, no one sees it coming. If you do it two weeks in a row, nobody really sees it coming, Cameron. So that's <laughs> always something to think about too as well. 
Cameron, we got the Bears winning. We Hopefully that will happen. We're not going to have to wait until Monday night to find out. Cameron, it's going to be a really interesting game. Hopefully they come out a winner. We're going to come back. We're going to have a post-game pod that very night going deep into the night for you. So hopefully you're going to get your coffee. Hopefully you're going to get your rest, be ready to roll. But until then, take us home on another great pod as we head into the weekend. You've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check out our post-game show, Monday Night Edition, as the Bears take on the Vikings on Monday night. Make sure you check out and subscribe to our show on all the major uh, podcast platforms. And remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.